You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 24. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. Uh, so he is on pace for 189 home runs this year. So my question to you is, will he be over or under that total? Way over. Well, I agree. This guy rakes. <laughs> Derek and Steve present... And there's still no Taco Bells in Boston, so all I can do is talk about it, and then you just keep saving up so you can open saving, one. Yeah, right. You'd you'd make hundred million dollars a night <laughs> if you opened it up in downtown Boston. Did you ever find yourself avoiding a hiding spot you were going to put something in because you felt like people were going to just? Yeah, see it right there's away? a couple of people that come out. Oh, it's about to hide. I'm like, oh, are you giving away free stuff? I'm like, oh crap, um, no. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 24 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek, alongside Steve. Steve, how's it going? How's it going? Uh, Derek, you've kind of reverted back to the old standby. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta spice it up you a little bit. You had like a thing where you were asking me a different question. Now it's just how's it going that or what's going That lasted about on. three weeks tops. Yeah, I gotta get back to it. It's really not hard to think of different questions. It's, it's not at all. It's not at all. Well, but it's, maybe I'll start asking you it's questions. It's gotta be a simple, yeah, I'll just, I'll say it and then I'll just let you ask a question uh, to start I'm, and my my question's gonna be super random that okay that's what we'll do to kick off the show yes. now and i but, have to answer it in, in 15 seconds or less i yes. can't sit here and, and contemplate it but to answer your question i'm doing well derek um happy right. tuesday everyone hope everyone's morning commute is going well yep um especially two weeks sh- shout out to a new listener mike defranco so oh, nice listen every week nice yep. every week mm-hmm. so, so uh it's been two weeks since we were on um as we uh kind of just posted or probably told you guys about uh, last week memorial day in general when it's a holiday on a monday we tend to take the week off we were uh, pretty but, tired yeah we're tired you know we, we uh, as we're going to talk about we went to nantucket over memorial day weekend so derek took at least three naps took at least three naps and then you know needed more naps when we got home so <laughs> um you know long ferry rides and travel and everything so uh it, naps, it drains you naps can be tiring naps, too. naps can make you tiring too yeah exactly <laughs> so um anyway so uh we were off last week we're back this week so plenty to talk about uh so we figured the first quarter we would recap what you guys missed in our lives which sure. was what we just talked about which was memorial day uh weekend so uh last week we go to nantucket with uh, some of our friends for memorial day and this was both of our first time going to nantucket so yes. neither of us had any idea what we were getting into kind of yeah. what to expect um, what were your general thoughts Nantucket, before we t- touch we were, on some more specifics? We were Nantucket virgins. Yes. Um, Nantucket, hmm, I didn't even think about it, but I want to just try to describe it in one word. I'll let you think about it while I talk, and then I'm going to do the opposite, because I, w- <laughs> I want to take a bit of time to th- think about it in one word. But Nantucket is interesting. We went for what's called Fagawi, right. which is named for basically where the Fagawi, like people, uh, it's a boat race, so people are... It's a it's any anyone can enter right, um, so there's yeah. actually there's no rule there's no real rules it's just like basically a a, ra- a booze race, um, and these people in sailboats basically get lost and have Boston accents and say <laughs> where the fuck are we, um, so that's where the name comes from. It's basically for people like us, spring break for adults. Yes, um, it, it's everything was there was a two hour line everywhere we went. Um, everything was a $20 cover. I, I don't think I've ever paid a $20 cover before. Um, a lot of white pants, which we can talk yep. about. A uh, lot of bros. <laughs> I mean, like, we are kind of bros. Like, we're self-proclaimed bros. Like, we like sports. But not in comparison. No. This was another level of bro. <laughs> These are bros that I've never seen before. And yeah. I, we went to Boston College, which is a pretty bro-y school, and I was out of my element. Yeah. These, these guys were in 
doing bro stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were dressed like bros. They were doing bro stuff. I mean, the white pants was not just girls. It was guys, too. Yeah. Which is like un- unheard of territory don't, of bro. Don't do it, guys. No, white pants. No. Is, girls, go ahead. It's all, yeah. yeah. Girls do the white pants thing. We're on board. Yep. Also, but don't all do it. Because <laughs> every, single, every single girl on Nantucket was wearing yes. white pants. It was which, Memorial Day, which I guess is a thing. You wear white. Is it? I don't know. I think I, it is. I don't know. Okay. Like you can't wear white after, after Labor Day. After Labor Day, yeah. but you can on Memorial Day on. Right. So everyone, yeah, okay. everyone okay. was obeying the rules. Right. I so, guess. Okay. So the wearing, I, I never understood the wearing white, uh, not wearing white after Labor Day. Hey, is it start on Memorial Day? Apparently, I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I know that's the saying. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's technically when you can start wearing white again. So girls do it. Girls do yeah, it. Yeah, they, they did it. They all did it. Um. So 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 I mean, my two cents on Nantucket. I think a lot of the same things you said. We didn't know what we were getting into. We went for Fergawi. We didn't really witness Fagawi at all or anything. I don't, even, I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't uh, know what the start or end time of it know. is. I know a bunch of boats sail. And I've never seen that. There's no words on if, it. Uh, from uh, from what we had heard, I guess they sail in on Saturday or Sunday and they leave on Monday or Saturday, Monday. Who I, cares, I, I don't know really. what it is. It's, they, it's basically the, it, it was kind of cool seeing them all docked there, but we didn't see any actual race of any kind you, or anything like that. I don't like think that. you do. Yeah. I don't think. I really don't think there's a point where you like watch and cheer like on the a race. gun. A gun goes off and like the race starts. You Maybe, know, I don't but think it's that, gotta, that, yeah. there's got to be. It's got to be way out in the water. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, boats. you can't. All the boats can't just leave at the same time. Like a starting line of a race, like yeah. it doesn't work that way. So, uh, yeah. So we didn't. We didn't really see much of that. Um, I think what we did see was, like you said, uh, an island that obviously takes advantage of Memorial Day weekend. Oh, um, every place was a twenty dollar cover, which we don't see twenty dollar uh, covers anywhere. It, it was like going out. Every day in an airport. It's like you couldn't yeah. go anywhere else. Yeah. You were stuck where you were, so they're like, yeah. oh, and, water? Yeah, that's $12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh, that's and, an and, island. And so that's part of, I suppose that's part of the allure of the island, particularly the locals probably uh, consider that to be a good thing. And, that, and, and you know, I would, I would say in a lot of ways it is a good thing when you I go doubt, there. I doubt anything's that expensive on oh, non-Fagawi certainly. Weekend. Yeah, certainly. I, the, I mean, there were even, the, the, when we went to Cisco Brewery, which is a big, the, the big famous outdoor brewery there, um, there was literally paper signs taped up on sheds that said $20 cover today. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not normally what the case is. Um, so, uh, but, but I think in some ways it is a good thing that the island is so small and that everybody is in the same spot because you know when you're going somewhere that that's where everyone's going like like that's that's the spot to go to yeah and so sure. on the flip side of that it obviously has some long lines some huge that's lines because that's where everyone's going and so uh we uh it was the funny funny thing we found out the next day actually was that we were basically being trailed by uh Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman who went to the places that we went after we went to them uh, both days, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, after looking at social media, they we were at it. the they were at the brewery on Sunday. We went on Saturday, and they were actually at the Chicken Box, which was the other big uh, bar that you're supposedly supposed to go to. They were there Sunday night when we elected not to go there. Oh my gosh! So, uh, so we missed the boat on that one. Thank uh, God. No pun intended. So, uh, but anyway, so uh, Fugawi on Nantucket. Would you have tried to talk to Gronkowski? Uh. Yes, you would. Yeah, I, I would have. Yeah, would've, I would have. I would have tried to talk to him. You would have grabbed onto one of his legs. No, I wouldn't have grabbed his leg. As hard as I, would, you could. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. I love um, you, Rob. But but you guys should uh, you guys should check out the Dunkin' Donuts music video because that's a great music video with uh, Gronk and and David Ortiz. It's uh it's the jam of the summer. So <laughs> anyway, um, final thoughts on Fugawi. Uh, also, when we were leaving Fugawi, uh, the, in the morning, 
the TV news was showing an interesting topic, which mm. was they were literally discussing they whether were. a hot dog is a sandwich or not. When we turned on the news for four minutes, they were discussing so whether or not a hot dog was a sandwich. That's not our, a lie. For our diehard listeners, that was basically episode one through 13 <laughs> was, is a hot dog a sandwich? Exactly. We luckily got off that phase. We figured it out. But we still can't escape Derek it. Derek is, is the hot dog. Is, the hot dog is I not a we, sandwich. I think we figured it out. We figured out it's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich, but everything in the world says it is. Right. So that's right. fair. This, all the taxes and stuff say it's a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, we're done. We're done with we're that. We're done but, with but it. We, nope. we, we can't escape it. It was on the news in Nantucket. But uh, anyway, my, my closing question on Nantucket for you is that if you were going to buy a house, if, you were, if, you, if money is not an object and you're going to buy a vacation house on Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, or Cape Cod, which one would you choose, or would you not bother with any of them? Well, if if I'm gonna buy a house, it's not gonna be on any of those three. If if like in a normal human, this yeah. is where I have my money right I, now. I'm saying in, unless you despise all three of them, yeah, okay. choose which gotcha. one you like. Gotcha. I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. Um, apparently, there's no actual vineyards on Martha's Vineyard, hmm. which is what I learned this week. Um, so that's <laughs> sad, disappointing. Yeah, that's <laughs> more disappointing. Um, so definitely not Nantucket. It's it's a smaller version of the Cape and takes longer to get to. I could mm-hmm. see why living there would be awesome. Yeah. Um, it's quiet. It's it's actually very like green. I thought it was going to be more islandy. It's, yeah, it's actually it's like very there's, green. There's like parks and there's trees and um and you can go to the beach five minutes away. So in that regard, it's good. But I would say the Cape. Like yeah. the Cape, it, it takes it literally is an extra two hours yeah. at least. Then you have to pay an extra, however much it takes for the ferry. It's just a, a whole nother mm-hmm. aspect to getting to Nantucket, and probably the same with Martha's Vineyard. So I'm yes. going to say the Cape. Yeah. So I'm also going to go with the Cape. Martha's Vineyard is basically it's like half of what Nantucket is as far as the inconvenience goes. It's not it's not as inconvenient as Nantucket is to get there, and I would say it's you know it's twice as big. So it's it's really it's literally just in the middle I think of Cape Cod and Nantucket. And I think with all things considered, I'm also going to take the Cape because. I don't think the other two, even though they're cool islands, they don't have enough to offer that the Cape doesn't yeah. to justify the inconvenience of going there. If I'm if I'm having a vacation house, I'd like to go there whenever I want, not Cape, not have to like plan out this ferry and everything like that. The Cape reminded me much more of what like I pictured the Cape as like a person who'd never been there. Right. Like right. as Nantucket, you're like, wow, like the streets are gonna be pink and the, <laughs> the sky's gonna be purple and everybody's gonna be happy. But like that's more like the Cape. There's yeah. more like fun little shops and there's more like yeah there wasn't much of a like there was a little town strip in nantucket but it's not it's more for nantucket's more for living which is weird yeah yeah so so the cape is for partying yeah the cape is for partying for sure and there's point and you can go anywhere on the cape and there's plenty of space to roam around and explore plenty of party space exactly so uh so there you have it uh our our memorial day weekend was good and that's the reason that we uh did not podcast last week so we're back here and wanted to recap you guys on that so that ends the first quarter of the show and brings us into the second quarter. By the way, we didn't give you the rundown of the show today. Give the rundown. So, uh, for the remaining three quarters of the show, we have uh, sports coming up right here in the second quarter. We have trivia for you in the third, as kind of usual. And we're ending with Game of Thrones in the fourth quarter. But we will be having uh, our recurring guest, uh, James Murphy, on to help he's, us break down Thrones. He's no longer a guest. He's, he's what a, should he be called? I don't know what he should be called. He a, isn't. A, you're right. He's not a guest. Stay-at-home guest? And he's not really a host What's either. What's it called? Um, an in-house. An in, well, yeah. In-house personality. In-house expert. In-house. What's it called when, like, what? what is, like, um, like Kim Kardashian's? What's her title? Like a <laughs> pop culture personality? 
Yeah. He's just like a... He's our television personality. <laughs> a, that doesn't seem He's right. our podcast personality. He's our... Yeah, okay, okay. He's that our, sounds good. He's <laughs> cool. All right. So, so James, you can update your LinkedIn tomorrow. Uh, you're the podcast personality for You Heard It Here Second. So uh, he'll be <laughs> on with us in the fourth quarter for Game of Thrones and to help us kind of wrap our heads around what's going on and, and see what he thinks about uh, the last few episodes and particularly this week's episode. So Murph has some hot takes. He does. He does. He always has hot takes on Thrones. So... Uh, so now, without further ado, second quarter, we go into sports. And so we'll start with a local topic for a uh, semi-local topic Huge relevant topic. to us. It's a big topic, but local sort of. uh, for Boston College. Boston College baseball is salvaging what has been a wretched sports season for us, which we've documented very well so far with all yes, the different sports that bad, have failed. It's been a bad few seasons. But Boston College baseball advances with a an unbeaten first round of the NCAA tournament where they they breezed through their their group of four, which was Ole Miss was the host of it. Uh, they actually didn't even have to face Ole Miss. They only had to face Tulane and Utah. Utah. And so uh, between those two, they, they were able to run through Utah once and Tulane twice. They go unbeaten through that round, and they advance to the Super Regional uh, for the first time since 1967 for BC program history. Wow. And they're facing Miami, who's going to be a very, very stout test. Yeah. Uh, one of the top seeds in the tournament, always a powerhouse in baseball. But – that's really not the, the the headline. The headline is that Boston College is playing extremely well and yeah. is advancing in a national tournament to the equivalent of the Sweet 16. Where This isn't a joke at this point. There's 16 teams left in, in a tournament that is, while baseball doesn't get the publicity that other sports do, it's loaded with, with Division One programs that all have a much more adequate setup to succeed than Boston College does. So yes. it's extremely impressive what the Eagles are doing this, this spring. I mean, if you can beat powerhouse baseball teams like Utah and Tulane. <laughs> uh, that's obviously a joke. Utah and Tulane are not the best baseball teams. I'm very proud of our baseball team, and I want them to succeed, but Miami is a different animal. Yeah. Miami is consistently ranked in the top five for baseball. I know it's between FSU, UF, and Miami, always in the top ten battling for state supremacy in Florida. So this is going to be a real test. Um, is this best two out of three this it is, round? It is best two out of three. Okay. I like being able to watch BC baseball. Yeah, that is I, a first. I, yeah. I enjoy watching pro baseball, so why wouldn't I enjoy watching college, I guess? I know no one on the team. I know none of their stats. It's kind of just watching baseball yeah. for watching baseball, but it's fun. They make mistakes. They're Exactly. They're obviously and, nervous. Yeah. They dive for every single ball, no <laughs> matter where it is. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit in that it's – it is a, it's sort of like the way college basketball is different than pro basketball. College baseball is different than than major league I baseball. I think more glaringly so it's, though. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that a, like pitchers don't miss by a little bit. Yeah. They miss by a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and also, you know, just strategy-wise, you see things you see fundamentals of baseball that aren't needed <laughs> in majors. Like and, and Tulane yeah. Tulane pitched how many was the total? Seven. Oh, goodness. Or it was. It was seven and counting. It was seven we, and counting when yeah. we stopped watching. Yeah. How many pitchers? They, how many pitchers they hit in, used in one in game. game? Yeah. In one game. Yeah. And a it's nine like, inning game. That is not something you ever. Yeah. This wasn't an extra inning. You know, marathon. It was. It was a regular game. They brought in s- at least six pitchers out of the bullpen, um, and so it's just something you don't see in the majors ever, really. And then you have, you know, sacrifice bunts and and hit and runs and and I mean just things that. In, in modern baseball have become a little bit less frequent because yeah. of how much power there is in the game and how, you know, a lot of, of the these 90s. hitters. Because of the 90s. Because of the 90s. And, and, yeah, it's true. I mean, when you have hitters in your lineup that can take it out of the yard and when you've got the DH and everything else like that, I mean, there's not a lot of incentive to sacrifice a runner-up, you know, anytime before the eighth inning in a critical one-run game, yeah. you know. So 
uh, it is different to watch college baseball, and it's it's been interesting to watch uh, what the Eagles have done. But either way, they're going to be facing Miami, who's obviously, like you said, a very tough team. Uh, BC, though, during the season, uh, I cannot claim to have watched them at all during the season. But nope, not once. Dur- during the broadcast, they were talking about the Eagles' success this year, and they did beat some of the powerhouse teams in the league. They actually, in the country, excuse me, they uh, took a series from Louisville, who was at the time the top-ranked team in the country. They took two out of three from them. Um, so they do have that in them, I guess. And, and base, we were talking about baseball is an interesting sport. It is. You have <laughs> your ace pitcher yeah. has a bad day or has a cold. Yeah. And he gets rocked. Yeah. Like there you go. I mean, the example, and this this was one of my other uh, alma maters, which was University of Rhode Island uh, in the first round. <laughs> yes. Uh, against South Carolina, the first game they upset South Carolina, which was like the upset of the tournament, and now South Carolina was in this hole. And they end up, since it's a double elimination round, they end up facing Rhode Island again, South Carolina does, and they beat them 23-2 to the next time around, and it's like, okay, this is what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's just, baseball is one of those sports that you can pull out a game if you have a very good pitcher and, and things are clicking. Um, and BC, this kid done, uh, BC's uh, ace starting pitcher apparently is a legitimate first-round pick. He's, he's a, like one of the studs of this team. So he's, you know, I assume going to be lined up to go in game one against Miami, so... We'll see. It's it, it it will at least be watching. It's it's something that I did not expect to be watching a BC sport in June. Yeah, <laughs> and so, and so I kind of like it. It's a little bit refreshing. So mm-hmm. uh, now, moving on, moving on to some pro sports. Um, what we have on the television right now, which will be over by the time you're listening to this, um, is the Penguin Sharks Stanley Cup final game um, four. So this is game four. The um, Sharks fortunately took one from the Penguins last game in overtime. Um, they're down right now, one one to nothing in the second period. I think we're we can confidently say no one in the world except John Robertson and maybe <laughs> Reed are rooting for the Penguins because no. they're just a scummy franchise. <laughs> um, but the Sharks are good, and yeah. the Sharks the never sharks, won, right? The Sharks, yeah, I I, been, I don't think they've ever won. No, they've been a bunch of times. They've yeah. been close a bunch of times. Yeah, they um, usually fall short in the Western Conference Finals. This they're, is they're definitely one of those teams. this is definitely another one of those times where they don't win. The Penguins <laughs> are really good. Um, yeah. and the Sharks are really not that good. But the, shar- the Sharks are, are, are in all these games, for sure. I, I mean, they, they've all been close games, and they seem to have all been exciting games, although I haven't watched as much of them as I would like to. Uh, but, you know, it, we'll see. The, obviously, this is a huge game for the Sharks. If they lose this one and it's going back to Pittsburgh yeah. with the Sharks trailing 3-1, they're, it doesn't look good. I would say they're down 1-0 at home right now. Um, right. It's, it's only second period. It's a lot, a lot of hockey. Plenty of time. Played. They were down last game as well. Um, but they really got to pull this one out or they're just about done. Yeah, and no one wants to see the Penguins uh, win the Cup. So Not uh, a soul. Not a soul. Sorry. Sorry. If you do want there. that and you're listening to the podcast, text us so we know not to be friends with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's it for hockey. We'll give you guys an update. If there's more to talk about, hopefully the Sharks can keep pushing this series uh, maybe to six or seven games and not let the Penguins get a stranglehold on this one. So... Uh, moving to the other playoffs that are going on, and undoubtedly the more uh, the the one that's the getting co- more attention, the yeah, cooler I was one say, should be more yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's um, really not which, exciting. Which is the 2016 NBA Finals. Uh, I like to call it the LeBron Classic this time of year in June, uh, when you can bank on LeBron losing in the NBA Finals uh, for the sixth straight time. He's there, uh, looking to uh, win his third ring, but it's not looking good right now as the Warriors uh, have a 2-0 lead and really in ugly fashion in game two game one was tight for a while game two started out tight and it first, just it unraveled first time lebron's ever lost yeah, back to back after game one title games yeah so yes yeah, so, 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 and i think in any playoff series yeah um, so i mean obviously the warriors are a different animal they're one of the best nba teams to ever play the game right 
Uh, but that being said, they didn't look like a team that could ever beat them last <laughs> yeah, night yeah. or the game before that. Yeah, um, for, for one half, for for the first half of the game before they did. So but. this Frankenstein team that LeBron put together that we call the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> is not doing so hot. Um, I, I, I wrote this down, um, which I think is the reason they're losing. Um, can you can you give me the number that LeBron's averaging turnovers per game? Right. So so you have it written here. It's on not note that sheet. hot. You're going to guess. You're going to guess way higher than it actually. Okay. Is. Well, so with that hint, I'll probably <laughs> guess that he's averaging in the, just the two games or in just the playoffs. The two games. In the two games, I'll guess he's averaging somewhere around five, five and a half. Wow, it's five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, right. you looked it up. No, I swear I didn't. But yeah. it's only two games. I mean, it's it, two it, games. Couldn't, so it's, it, had, it couldn't have been that high. I mean, you want a team to be less than 10 to win a game. Yeah, and the Le- Warriors turned it over nine times in game one. Yeah, and LeBron's turning it over almost half that. Yeah. Uh, just LeBron, and he's not even your point guard. He's, right. He's the guy who's supposed to be scoring yeah. all your points, and yeah. he's not scoring points either. Right. Um, so the series itself has been kind of lame. Um, I don't know, like... How do you feel about Steph Curry and the Warriors? Because I just, I mean, I know you hate LeBron, so you're biased towards wanting yeah. the Warriors to win. But, like, as a casual, like, let's say you're a casual basketball fan. Who are you rooting for right now? LeBron, who, I know if you forget the decision, he comes back to his hometown to try to give Cleveland a title, who hasn't won a sports title in who knows how long. It's yeah. a mess of a city. Yeah. And then you have the Warriors, who won last year. Steph Curry shoots threes from wherever he is and brings his baby out and lets her <laughs> dance on the court. Like what? Who are you rooting for? Well, it, that, Derek. It's that <laughs> <laughs> Tell it's, the people who you're rooting for. So it's impossible for me to to try to evaluate it. So how's so, it impossible? So, all right, all right. I, I'll be uh, full disclosure. There are extremely, extremely few, if any, other athletes that I actually can't just like remove my bias from. Uh, yeah. Like Peyton Manning, I could sit here and talk to you, and I can, I, you know, I root against Peyton Manning. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't have any dislike for Peyton Manning. Yeah. I, I can sit here and I can but you say, dislike, okay, haha, I don't dis- like him. But, but you dislike him because he's compared to Brady. And yeah, or like yeah, be- yeah. Because There's, of that yeah, rivalry. Yeah, like what, what right. makes you dislike LeBron with such a passion yeah. worse than... It's Brady, yeah, worse than it's, Manning. It, well, so there's probably some root in the in the rivalry with the Celtics, but not really. It's um, not like a huge thing. Like it was Celtics. for a couple years. I, I mean, it it was it was, but it was because LeBron couldn't get past the Celtics, and it's yeah. long since over. I mean, Le, the, ever since the big three ended, that's been done. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard for me to summarize uh, briefly why I, I hate LeBron. <laughs> uh, I think so. I, I just can't. I can't fathom. Um, the people who feel bad for this guy at this point because uh, like so lebron james has fired his coach he's handpicked this team yeah. he, he he held out he and really demanded has. i'm not saying he LeBron's demanded good... that that tristan thompson be given a max deal for this team they traded andrew wiggins who's a who's going to be a budding superstar in the league he already he already averages 22 points a game they traded him who's like a freaky athletic wing guy for kevin, for love. kevin love who who may be gone after this season who's concussed. With, with who's concussed and his like contract a, is up like and, an idiot and so and, and you know that's all fine and good um it's it's one of the I, I personally hate the way that that you know i hate for sports to work that way for a player to pick the team and pick the coach and be the coach on the court and all that i just i hate it and the, i love it and Cleveland that's lebron's it's the biggest it's one of the biggest reasons because i'm not a huge steph fan or, or you know draymond i think is kind of a he's kind of a jerk yeah you know, draymond I don't, I don't is like a loser him. um but but the warriors despite all the star power the warriors were built by a general manager 
with a blueprint in mind. They were brilliantly built, really. I yeah, mean, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, they're an excellent basketball team. And so, and so if you ask for me, if you even remove the, 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 any of the personal players in this that I feel one way or another about, I just like the model of, of building a team that way versus the star. And I, that's just the way I've, I see it. I don't know. It's, I I'm, like, trying to, I'm trying to form an argument without any I know. LeBron emotion. I, in I it. like that argument better than the root against <laughs> LeBron argument. I mean, you can. But, but look, I, the Cleveland thing listen, is very fair. Cleveland yeah. deserves the title. And the thing is, like, uh, hating people in sports is better than liking people in sports. Like, yeah. that's the reason that, that, like, that's what gets people going. Like, you can love a player, but he's, like, gone. Like, if you hate yeah. a player, you hate him. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, if he's on the so Heat it, or the Cavs. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter where he goes. Like, so I it, hate him. Exactly. So. so it's good. It's a good feeling. I'm glad you have that feeling. It's just. They're playing against, like, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you. So, the The Warriors are one of the most well put together, best basketball teams we've ever seen and will ever see. But it's just like the showboating. It, and I know all basketball players are. They yeah. ha- kind of have to be. But yeah, I don't. I just can't stand like Draymond like punching people and dragging people down and then getting up and he's like, I don't do anything, man. I'm just like a cool guy. Yeah, and, I, like, I mean. I'll for sure say that, uh, like I had mentioned before, and we talked about this during the Thunder Warriors series, and I had motives for wanting the Thunder to lose because of this whole Kevin Durant thing. So I, yeah. I, I'm tied into all of this in very biased ways. But <laughs> yes. if if you remove that from me, I would have rather see the Thunder. Me too. You know, if, if I removed all of that. And so I will say that. But when it comes – so for me, when it comes to the Warriors, I can definitely see everything you're saying. And I would say that if we're talking about this again next year – I might feel differently. I think that the Warriors, I don't know what, whether it's just the modern day social media or, or what it is, but I feel like the Warriors have gained this notoriety much, much faster than other teams have in the past. Yeah. The Warriors well, have won one championship. We actually, we, I actually was listening to an old podcast, and when, when it, this came up, I started to think like, oh my gosh, it's so true. that like We were watching the Masters. Jordan Spieth was mm-hmm. up by a ton. Everyone like, loves him. He's a like, mm-hmm. great guy crashes, yeah. demolishes himself, kind of comes back, ends up losing anyway. People still love him. They like yeah. feel bad for him. Yeah. They want to win. Like Once a team starts winning and winning a lot and like knowing that they're that good, yeah. that's when people start to dislike yeah. them. And that happened real fast with the Warriors. It, way faster than it happens with anyone else. Yeah. I mean, So they needed a little speed and to yeah. kind of like take the throttle off a bit, but instead they just win, 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 and know they're so good and like... Yeah. And it's kind of very, it's very polarizing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to think. So there's one example I can think of, uh, and I still think the Warriors did it faster. But I will say that the Seattle Seahawks had a very similar yeah. progression in that the Seahawks, People everyone loved them. the Seahawks yeah. when they won the Super Bowl. This, everyone was a Seahawks fan when they won the Super Bowl, just like everyone was a Warriors fan last year. And they got in their own heads. And, and the Legion of Boom started calling themselves yeah, the Legion and, of Boom. And, and I, totally, I, I totally understand that. And so for me, I think that, I will certainly start feeling that way about Golden State at some point if it keeps going this way. I think um, I'm just not quite there yet. And and also, you know, again, it's I can't remove the but if yeah. if to, right. if Toronto was in this series, I w- I'd probably be rooting for Toronto in this series. You know, if if there was another Eastern Conference team facing the Warriors, not that any of them would have a chance, but um, but yeah, I think. What if it was Kobe versus ooh. LeBron in the finals? Kobe, Kobe versus Kobe LeBron. For you, <laughs> that that's uh, that's really tough. That I know. That's yeah. Wow. That's I've never thought about that one, and and it's actually disappointing we never got a Kobe Lebron matchup. But yeah. um, nah, I, I like Kobe more than Lebron. Uh, I don't like Kobe either, but I, I would be rooting. Ah, oh, that's that's too tough. <laughs> the Lake, it's the Lakers though. 
I have to get back to you on that. I'll think okay. about it this week. I'll All right, so here's the last week. question, then we're moving on because we spent a lot of time on this. Yep. Um, LeBron's a free agent after this season. Yep. What's he do? What's he, the play? He's got to stay. He's got to stay. He has to stay. I but mean, <laughs> he's, he's either going to stay and mold, continue to mold this team. I don't know what he's doing so with it. That, that's I mean, the tough part. He has good players. They don't have a good team. That's the tough part. And so, and again, I'll, I'll echo what I said before. It, if I'm LeBron James, again, it's easier said than done. Because when you're at this stage in your career, you kind of you can't blame a guy for wanting to take it into his own hands at this stage in his oh, career yeah. when you're a guy like LeBron, LeBron. But I really think you have to give have some trust in some management. I mean, you can't pick the entire team. You don't I, trust I mean, you, you Tyron Lue? We'll we'll lose the coach. I'm talking about the management team. Yeah. Like like the actually David Griffin is the name of the general manager, uh, which is one of our friends uh, also <laughs> has that name. Um, but you got to have a little bit of trust in those guys in the front office since it's their job, you know. So I think, uh, what does LeBron do this offseason? Uh, it, it, that's a tough question because Kevin Love could leave uh, if he doesn't should feel leave. like he. Sh- I mean, Kevin he Love's leave. in the wrong Kevin spot. Love, Kevin Love was a 26 and 12 guy in Minnesota. Yeah. He yeah. he was 26 points, 12 rebounds. Now he, he looks like a dork yeah and so i agree i agree with you kevin loves in the wrong spot um you know kyrie irving is probably not in the wrong spot but i don't know if if kyrie and lebron can't win with kevin love i don't know how they immediately turn around and win next year without kevin love yeah they can join like kyrie or kevin love jumps on like a raptors Mm -hmm. or like a team that's like maybe even at the Celtics, like a team that's almost good enough Mm -hmm. And like you're still probably not good and, enough. You but need, they're competing you with th- Cleveland. Yeah, like you need a star. But you're yeah. if yeah, go on another East team, yeah. run through the the wet I mean, bag. If you're an, if you're an Eastern Conference team, you can't be thinking about how to compete with the Warriors yet. You need yeah. to, you need to, you need to get out of the East first. Yeah, just punch through the wet paper bag <laughs> that that is the Eastern Conference, <laughs> and then you're there. Yeah, you're in the finals. So, um, but so you know, back to the question you asked, what does LeBron James do? I I don't know the full answer, but he cannot leave. I I, I mean. You won't hear the end of it from me if this guy leaves Cleveland I, at I this s- point. <laughs> like, I say go to the Magic. <laughs> I say go to the Orlando Magic. Because why not? Why not? Right? Why not? Right? Because you can do whatever you want. Some, someone posted a LeBron. Someone posted a Vine. You know how you can click a Vine and it stops. Yeah. There was a Vine that just was extremely rapid. One frame each. Kevin each Durant. one. It was, no, it was just oh, a jersey, a different jersey on LeBron, and it was like click to see what team LeBron's on next year. Yeah. And you just click the Vine and stop on a random team. But uh, I say Magic. Orlando Why not? Magic. He yeah. could do whatever he wants. Go back he to could do go back to Florida. He could do whatever he wants. He could, yeah, it's true. It's true. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll it happen. If happen. if they get swept, it's the most likely scenario he leaves is if they get swept. Because he could just be he, he could make an emotional choice if and they it get goes, swept. Goes to the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, that's a, would the Warriors <laughs> even have any interest in LeBron James? Yes. You think they would? In the one of the top two best players in the world. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I mean, if, unless you have to demolish your team, which yeah, you probably well, would. Yeah, it's not realistic because the yeah. salary probably, but it's interesting. It's it's the same question they were asking about Kevin Durant, and obviously they, they would want Kevin Durant, but it is at some point it's a good question of is this team just too good to bother right, trying so to bring e- someone else in? Either way, they're, they're happening. Like, let's the, the Cavs got blown out first two games, but they lost away games. So there's that. They're, right. they're on track. Right. You're not You're not down until you lose a game at home. Right, but right. if they do lose a game at home, if they do lose a game at home, everybody gets free tacos. <laughs> so, in Taco Bell news, um, Taco Bell is putting on a promotion that if you steal a game, you steal a taco. So, if any team wins a game away, if any away team wins, the whole world gets a free Doritos Locos taco. The whole world, everybody, me, you, uh, James Murphy, 
Reed, my dad, my mom, everybody gets a taco. Um, so we're all rooting. Oh God, this is hard. <laughs> we're all rooting for the series to go so two to two, <laughs> and then the Cavs to win so one. So that, that was the question I was prepared to ask you: is whether or not you're willing to, if there was a taco to flip, bell, to flip on the on the allegiance that you're rooting for in this series alone, no. and go for there's the taco not a bell. taco bell within walking distance or even driving distance for that matter <laughs> of me in Boston. So no, but for everyone else's sake, if it does happen, the silver lining is free taco, free tacos. Free ta- well, well, what if, what if Cleveland wins game two and game three and then, or sorry, game three and game four. And then they win game five too in golden state and they go three, two and everyone gets tacos. Uh, just tacos for days. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm a big fan of tacos and taco bell. So this promotion is money. I won't enjoy it because there's no Taco Bells in Boston, like I've said before. But um, just good knowledge for all you listeners to have. Um, one one more reason to watch this really crappy series. There we go. One more reason. So That's it. That closes up sports. And Taco and Bell ends, news. And Taco Bell news. Uh, and ends the second quarter. And we'll move into the third <laughs> quarter, which will be trivia for us. So mm. uh, here we go. Let's get started on trivia. So first clue. This person was born on March 24th, 1956 in Detroit, Michigan. Age 60. 60 year old. Okay. Um, also, I didn't get this until pretty late, so Derek put this one together. Um, clue number two. This person compl- completed undergraduate studies at Harvard University, graduate studies at Stanford University, and later became a major figure in the technology industry. Mm. So, a 60 year old in the tech industry. Pretty right. smart dude. Smart dude. Clue number three. Or chick. Or chick. But now we will give away clue number three. He has a net worth of $23.5 billion. And in 2015, he became one of the largest shareholders of Twitter after buying a 4% stake in the company. So $23.5 billion. Um, I'll just tell you right now, it's not me. So you can <laughs> eliminate that. Question: Clue number four. He became friends with Bill Gates while studying at Harvard. Uh, the two would ultimately work together for many years at Microsoft. In, and in 2000, he replaced Gates as the CEO of Microsoft in the year 2000. Okay, so those of you in tune with the tech industry should probably have it after that clue. But if not, and you're more into the sports world, uh, clue number five. In 2014, he became the official owner of the Los Angeles Clippers after negotiating a record $2 billion sale sale price for the team. So, so the, the answer, answer is Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer, the current owner of the Los Angeles Clippers and uh, former CEO of Microsoft and billionaire. So a little bit of crossover tech and sports in that uh, in that trivia. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Also, quick question: Do you think any other basketball franchise will sell to less than two billion after that? Good question. I, I want to say no. I don't think they I, will. I, I want to say that most owners would choose to keep the team until it gets to that point. I think just because of the precedent that's set and. Obviously, not every team. It's a different question to say: Is every team worth two billion right now? Not every team could sell for two billion right now, but I think those teams wouldn't sell for less than two billion at this point. So that being said, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna get two billion dollars? <laughs> First of all, two billion like investment money, not just right, like right. I've made two billion because like obviously we're gonna do that, but you need two billion on top of whatever you're gonna make right to buy a basketball team to buy the Magic. So. We have to. How much do you think the Celtics are worth? That's a great question. I don't know. You could buy the Magic they're, they're for forty-five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I 
The Celtics are are probably up there. They're they're probably in the top ten for teams. I would imagine maybe top five. Um, I haven't seen any of those uh, valuation lists yet uh, for M- for NBA teams, but you know, I think if we just raise our sponsorship prices a little bit, yeah, we should be fine. So ten, fifteen billion dollars of an episode. episode. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, so that wraps up the third quarter and brings us into the fourth quarter, which is Game of Thrones. And joining us for Game of Thrones is our recurring, uh, what do we call him? Uh, our personality. Po- our podcast, podcast personality. Podcast personality. James Murphy joins us over the phone, whose birthday was last week. Murph. So happy belated birthday, happy James birthday, Murphy. Happy birthday, Murph. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, I didn't think you would remember. <laughs> but uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm glad to be a of course. recurring podcast personality. The, yes. the North End always remembers. <laughs> yeah. Very good. That was good. <laughs> did you just think of that? I did. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, so Murph, obviously we have you on for Game of Thrones. So, uh, we'll kind of we're not going to interview you here, but we'll kind of do more of an open dialogue. So, uh, we want to kick off with the Arya storyline. So, uh, spoilers ahead, by the way. We always big, forget to say it until we start. Sort of big spoilers. Pretty big spoilers uh, coming. And also, I guess we missed two episodes, but we're going to mainly focus on the last episode because uh, I can't really even distinguish what each episode was before that. So, uh, so the Arya storyline, uh, obviously she. Uh, has this scene that everyone probably freaks out when they first see it, where she gets stabbed and she uh, falls over the bridge, and you know you're, you're wondering if it's a dream almost. I thought um, it was a dream. Yeah, it kind of felt like a dream. Um, and so there's a theory going around on the internet, uh, apparently originating from Reddit. And so it's an interesting one that suggests that the waif, who is the the, the girl that kind of always knows where Arya is and like yeah. is killing her and, and all this stuff. That Arya and the Waif are the same person, a la kind of like a Fight Club style split personality situation. Now, there's some supporting facts for this because the Waif is always only around when Arya is there, or uh, basically no. people don't ever interact with the Waif besides her and uh, and and the other and, and Jacques and Hagar. Jacques, yeah. So, uh, so Murph, I guess we'll start with you. What do you think about this theory uh, that maybe Arya and her are the same person? I think it's definitely a very interesting theory and one, you know, to keep in mind in the next episode or two. Um, especially, you know, there's there's been a couple of shots um, in the past couple of episodes of the Waif um, challenging Arya or um, Blind Beth when she's in public to the stick battling. And then one second the Waif is there and knocking Arya in the face and then the next second oh, uh, they, have, they have a shot of, of she's gone and Arya's just waving her stick around blindly in the air. Um, so I thought that was, you know, an awesome theory to, you know, probably explain, you know, why Arya's waving around her stick aimlessly and to also kind of maybe explain um, the most recent scene of, of her getting stabbed and then getting away. So, so did she stab? In this theory, does she physically stab herself, or like how does that scene unfold? I guess I guess the theory is that I don't know if she physically stabs herself, but she, in um, she would be theoretically killing her other personality, oh, aka the wave, and, and and ending her relation with uh, Arya. With uh, Arya, right. a girl yeah. is nobody, right? Something. A girl is nobody. Yeah, a girl is no one. And, yeah, and and so this part of the theory also was saying how. Um, you know, that was kind of the point where she got permission, you know, because the waif asked permission to, to kill Arya, basically. And, and and she gets that permission and kind of that's the theory going around now. There, there was another theory that was interesting, uh, similarly, that was not exactly along the same lines, but that Arya basically kind of, uh, this was kind of a weirder one, but that she sort of staged that attack and that because in the previous episode she was talking with at the, with the people at the play about how to make the scene look 
real and everything like that. Oh, and yeah. so and, and so the theory was that there was no way that Arya would have fallen for that. A because she had just betrayed those people. Yeah. Uh, and also right. B, uh, what I saw was a screen grab from earlier. The old lady that the waif approached her as, that face was one that Arya had looked directly at in the House of the Faces. Really? Earlier in the season. Huh. And so, so the, the theory is that there's no way Arya would have missed that face and not recognized that face. Uh, and so, therefore, maybe she had kind of planned that whole thing and stays that whole thing. And now the, that theory says that they're going to go after her because she's wounded and she's actually not wounded, that she had kind of staged that whole thing. And she's ready to kill them. So that, that's another theory that's a little bit interesting. Those theories are so, like, I love Game of Thrones, but it's becoming lost. lost. <laughs> it's become, like, the Hodor thing is a brilliant, brilliant story, but it is sci-fi as heck. It's sci-fi yeah. is, is all sci-fi. Yeah. And now this would be, like, I, I love it. I'm all about these kind of, like, twists that you never expect, but that's not my Game of Thrones, yeah. right? That They're... Yeah. <laughs> this first season was just chopping off heads, and then, a dra- and then a dragon showed up. You're like, "Whoa! Like dragons? That's pretty mystical." Now there's like, there's way too much. I totally, I totally agree with you, Steve. There's there's basically two types of Game of Thrones in my eyes. There's one, the Game of Thrones that the book readers know, and it's complex, and there's you know it's so like, many different. It's plot like political. It's political. Right, and then there's the other Game of Thrones, which is built for TV and HBO, and that's not necessarily you know geared towards just the book readers it's also geared towards you know your average uh tv watcher who has only seen the series so i think uh for like the hbo series i think the writers have done a good job of you know maybe simplifying these theories and not choosing the most complex you know um storylines to 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 wrap up um these episodes so although i do love theorizing with Eric and other um, fellow like people on Reddit, um, <laughs> fellow redditors. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not certain that you know we're gonna go down this rabbit hole and and this Arya storyline is gonna be like a a Fight Club parallel. Right. Yeah. It's just too much. Like I. It's just. It, it doesn't line Game up. Game of Thrones really. is doing so well with just pure like politics and weird people. Now it's throwing in some like mind mind messers. Some yeah. stuff that'll like mess you up and you have to like go back and think like there's time travel now. yeah and it's kind of interesting that only th- it's like a couple of storylines have this weird sci-fi-ness to them and other storylines are still very very much like the way it was before which is yeah. just kind of like politics and regular battles and things like that you know so yeah it's kind of interesting but moving on to the next storyline uh liana of house mormon and the bear island um huge development she's she's a boss 10 year old ruler yeah, and uh, obviously was the biggest wave that was made in this episode from like a social media standpoint because she just like was a whole was a boss in that inter- interaction. So, what do you guys think about that? I started off watching that scene, being like, "Ooh, this is gonna be so awkward and weird." <laughs> and by the end of the scene, I was like, "This girl's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> we need more of her. Put her in every episode." Um, that that's my theory. I mean, I loved it. It. Yeah. She. I don't know why they. I mean, I guess it, it's kind of cool that they brought it all back to like how Bran was kind of running their castle right. while they were gone and now it happens other like other places like she was too um but she had some some chutzpah yeah yeah i thought it was an awesome scene because it shows kind of the range in the game of thrones universe of um adolescent rulers you know on one hand we have liana mormon who's a badass little girl who uh you know sticks her guns and and plays the the Game of Thrones, um, and then on the other hand, you have Robert Aaron, who's the little, 
uh, yeah. frail pussy boy who, <laughs> you know, gets gets bent and shaped into, you know, the 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 beliefs of Littlefinger and has, you know, no chutzpah, you know, behind anything yeah. he says. Um, so I just thought it was a great, you know, dichotomy between, you know, the two different types of rulers out there, um, adolescents, uh, to begin with, um, in the Game of Thrones universe. Do we think, do we know where Arya is sending that letter? Or do we just, did she say Sansa? Sansa? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Sansa. Um, it's not, it wasn't really known for certain. I think um, it's Littlefinger. Yeah, I think she's sending it to Littlefinger to ask him for more troops. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that seemed like it would be, it would make sense. Um, and so, speaking of kind of of Sansa and John uh, asking Lyanna for the men, did you know she says she'll give them sixty two men, and it's very underwhelming. Fighting men, uh, but then fighting men, and then we get this whole rah rah. We're jacked up. The music turns. We're about to get a montage, and we're deprived of the montage of them building the army. It was a little bit of a letdown, I thought there. But you get another scene that's way too long of them not getting more people. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Mo- Game of Thrones has been depriving us montages the entire way through. It's not in their DNA. As much as no. that, as much as that was ripe for a montage scene, it would never happen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the producers have to do the dirty work. There, there's nothing really exciting about um, John Sansa building an army. You know? so <laughs> That's true. It's very, very. You'd, true. Just rather, you'd rather see the armies clash rather than you know. Except train. this ten-year-old, she's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so so a couple other uh, points to touch on, I guess we have we have Bronn and Jamie teaming up, uh, basically just at a standoff with Blackfish at the castle. Um, and uh, so, w- what are your thoughts on that whole storyline? That's kind of it seems like they're about to try to take over Riverrun. Go for it, Murph. Um, I think this was a, a good um, kind of story uh, based. Um, scene kind of building up to maybe a few things to come it's going to be a reuniting of of jamie and it looks like possibly uh brianne in the next episode or so uh, down in the riverland so i think it's kind of laying the framework for you know an exciting scene or plot uh points to unfold yeah I, i really like blackfish i think this scene weirdly so however boring it may be is the most game of thrones at its core scene that yeah. we, we've had in a long time, like just a pure s- people just getting angry at each other, like threatening to kill each other and like almost battling. Um, so yeah. this, this is like kind of, you're right, Murph, like setting up for what I think is going to be a cool story or at least an interesting one. I like Blackfish. He's just a, he's a bossy dude. He, he doesn't say much, but what he says means a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it so far. Like I said, nothing's much, nothing much has happened, but, I definitely need more brawn in my Game of Thrones. Perhaps, perhaps we'll see Jamie be actually tested in battle and not, you know, in training. Now that he only <laughs> has um, his offhand, so I'm kind of excited to see what might unfold there. Okay, and so maybe the storyline that we didn't touch on that we should have and, and is the most confusing is um, the Hound is back. Yeah, that the Hound, the hound is back. The Hound is back. <laughs> um, not sure. And hyped. And hyped up. Yeah, he's ready to go. Uh, so what do we think of that? I, I've heard some I've heard some theories that we're gonna have a Clegane bowl, which now that uh, the Hound is sort of a religious guy or may turn religious, he's gonna fight the Mountain for the faith, and they're just it's gonna be two Cleganes fighting over King's Landing or something. I don't know. There's a bunch of theories, so, but the Hound is so back. just just to give a little bit of background, 
the, the Reddit community and Game of Thrones community for a couple of years now is, has been uh, predicting two different bowls to occur. Um, <laughs> uh, the first being Bastard Bowl, which is the battle between the Bastard Ramsey Bolton and the Bastard Jon Snow up cool. north. And then, so that's, it looks like we're going to be um, possibly seeing the Bastard Bowl commence um, <laughs> soon. And then the second one is the Clegane Bowl, which Steve mentioned, um, which everyone is hyped for, which would be Gregor Clegane, a.k.a. the Mountain, a.k.a. Sir Robert Strong, um, <laughs> a.k.a. that the, the Kingsguard that doesn't speak and bashes people's heads in. Yep. He, he is going to represent Cersei um, in her trial by combat. And then on the other side, we have Sandor Clegane, a.k.a. the Hound, a.k.a. the Gravedigger, um, who <laughs> it looks like is shaping up to be um, the, the champion for the faithful Milton. So if all signs point to yes, Clegane Bowl, it's going to be the Hound versus the Mountain in epic battle. Who you got? Um, Who's your money on? See, I don't know. This is where George R. 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 Martin, you know, leads you one way and then just rips your heart out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think everyone's going to be rooting for the Hound, but you never know. I think the Mountain. You're right. This is this is a yeah. Red Viper. Uh, this is a Red Viper Mountain scenario, where right? That's who he fought. He fought the Mountain, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is a Red Viper versus the Mountain scenario where. Everyone wants the Red Viper to win. He finally wins, but actually he gets his head exploded. <laughs> um, yeah, I would probably take the mountain. I'm in favor of it. I, I like the idea of both bowls. Yeah, I, I say uh, yeah. Up. I want both bowls for sure. Because um, yeah, we all know like the Hound has one weakness, which is fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see maybe if he has to overcome that um, fear, you know, when fighting him, or maybe you know fall prey to it. Um, I think that might come into play. And now the Brotherhood's back, and they're still, like, weirdly not good. Yeah. Um, Derek, I know you have a brother, so uh, <laughs> can you imagine battling your brother in, to the death? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you I know. I, I, I don't think so. Murph, you have a couple brothers. You guys. Yeah. What I mean, if two I Murphs are battling? I used to take both my younger brothers on at the same time growing up, but <laughs> nowadays they're both bigger and heavier than I am. So, so. The, so it's the perfect it's the perfect uh, analogy. analogy. Yeah, the Hound of the Mountain. Yeah. Who you got? <laughs> you or your brothers? You or the Hound I'm, of the I'm taking myself all day every day. Though. <laughs> awesome. All right, well Murph, any any other uh, final storylines you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Um just one thing. Uh, I think it's cruel and unusual punishment uh, to take a man without his manhood to a brothel. Yeah. Like uh, oh, Asher yeah. Greyjoy did with, with her brother. Yeah. Um, and and she, then making fun of him. Yeah, uh, right? That. Yeah. that was brutal. No chill on that one. Um, all right, so... No, no chill. We got to ask, because we're going to answer it too. Murph, what do you give this episode out of 100? We're going to call it Murphy's Mangoes. Oh, mangoes. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'd give it a solid 80. I'm never going to give... I'm never going to give uh, Game of Thrones below a B minus. So All right. 80 that's, to 85. That's fair. So a very biased rating, a very biased 80. <laughs> that's like what my ratings usually are. Yeah. Um, Derek Dragon. I'm easily entertained. 
<laughs> Derek Dragonfruits? Yeah, so I'm switching my style up a little bit, Steve. I've taken some heat on it for being too uh, pro Game yeah, of Thrones. you're a softie. So I'm going to start rating them in comparison to other Game of Thrones episodes. So I'm going to give it a 47. In the show is still a 95. In, you know? Yes, agreed. The show is still... And in comparison mid- to other episodes. The show is still certified guac, certified patai colada, yeah. certified mango salsa. <laughs> so... <laughs> But in I, yeah, in relation, in to, other relation episodes, to other episodes, I'll go with a I, I also give it a fifty-five. Steve Nicholas avocados, fifty-five percent. Right. Steve is a Steve is a harsh critic. I'm a harsh grader. <laughs> I really am. But the Hodor episode ninety in like low nineties, like that's the episode I'm I'm gunning for. <laughs> so you know, this episode was like really short in regards to its length. I think it was like less than yeah, it 50 was. Minutes. It, was it was very short. Um, but I think. The next three episodes are the longest in Game of, are three of the longest in Game of Thrones um, in the whole series. So I think they're going to be jam packed with action. Wow. So there's a, there's three left. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get one more at least one more big scene. I think. Oh yeah, have to. Yeah, I, definitely. Can't wait. So, yeah, can't wait. So all right, Murph, thank you very much, and we will obviously be bringing you back on before the season ends. So maybe in uh, two or three weeks, we'll bring you back in to discuss. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Murph. See you, dude. Peace. All right. James Murphy uh, joins us as usual. Uh, we'll be bringing him back on before Game of Thrones ends, uh, undoubtedly, to make sure we can get his takes. Murph has good takes. Murph, Murph's Murph has good takes. Very well-rounded he's in Game well, of Thrones. He comes in with knowledge. He's prepared. Yeah, he's, he's, he's prepared. prepared. And, Unlike and, me. <laughs> I'm unprepared every Monday. And, and the other thing about the Murph interviews, we've actually – I remember the first Murph interview we did – we just lost track of everything. We we talked for oh, we lost track of time. Forty and space. minutes, I think. Yeah. We talked for for way too long. And so we we it was a bad episode. Yeah, actually. it was. <laughs> it was. I mean, it, with with all honesty, it was because we 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 were young in the podcasting. We game were talking we, to Murph. We, we were just, just talking having... with Murph. We we're hanging out. <laughs> um, so we've we've reeled it in and get. We really, I think, we're getting some good stuff out of Murph. So squeezing we'll, him. We'll bring him back. Always in. worth <laughs> every drop of Murph knowledge. Absolutely. So. Uh, that concludes the fourth quarter and brings us to the final drive. Steve, you want to go first or second? I'm going to go first because this first. fires me up. Fire you up. Why can't guys in the summer wear shorts to work? I mean, some obviously like startups can or like whatever, comp- like some companies can. But as a general practice, it's it's not normal for guys to wear shorts to work. Why not? I know it's girls get to do it. Girls get to wear like cutesy little sundresses. Like, all legs all day, every day. Like, yep. I need to breathe. It's hot. And yeah. I'm in Bo- we're in Boston. Sleeveless it's, shirts, too, kind of yeah, fall into that sleeveless category. sleeveless shirts, but, but shorts. Like, no pants, man. Oh, to, to wear shorts in the summer is not only the best feeling ever, but it's absolutely necessary. And guys' pants are not breathable. Like, yeah. suit pants are, are not... Uh, it, it's just not a good situation, and, and no one in the fashion industry will change it. I don't know how things like this change. Maybe I show up to work <laughs> in shorts, go to a few important meetings in shorts. Right. Get fired and then go <coughs> to your next job and no, do the same thing. No, someone says, wow, you're wearing shorts to a meeting. Aren't you, like, not professional? I say, no, I'm very professional. Check out my handshake, and I, hand, I shake their hand, and they say, wow, that's a professional handshake. Maybe I'll wear shorts to work tomorrow. So, I don't see the big deal. Everyone should wear shorts. Uh, I know girls; their girls are going to complain because they have it harder in the winter. They have to like yeah. cover a lot of stuff up. They it's like the girls' winter clothing is a lot harder than guys' winter clothing. These guys just throw on a jacket or whatever. <coughs> but summer, we have it hard. We're sweaty guys. Yeah, it's true. Things, it's true. Things are sweaty, Derek. <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> okay, 
So that's that's my final drive. I say <clears throat> whoever the powers that be need to change the system. Let important professional people wear shorts to work. I don't see the big deal. I don't see the big deal either. I don't see it. So let's do it. We're wearing shorts. I um, can't do it. My boss won't let me. <laughs> uh, my final drive is uh, a PSA for you, for you Netflix watchers. Um, you guys might not have uh, caught on to the show yet. It's still pretty early. Uh, actually, you probably should have talked to Murph about this because I'm sure Murph uh, knows a little something about it. But uh, Bloodline is a, is a Netflix original that w- is now in season two. Season two was released uh, at the end of May, and you guys got to watch this show. I, this is... Uh, for those of you who watch Friday Night Lights, Coach Taylor is the main character. Uh, great actor. Uh, he's just Kyle Chandler. He's, he's good in everything he's in. And this show is is not an easy, uh, stress-free watch. This is a very stressful show. Uh, very, very tense, but also very uh, captivating. And it's one of Netflix's best, I think. Uh, everybody's given it good reviews that I've seen, and the people I watch it with also agree. So uh, just a PSA for you. This, this show is intense, and you're going to love it. So... Go binge watch it if you're looking for a show to binge watch. That's the one on Netflix right now that you got to do if you've already seen all the other ones that everyone knows about. So, Bloodline. I've been told I look like Coach Taylor. Have you? If I do this with my face. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it a little bit. With a bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so He's that, a good-looking dude. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so that wraps up uh, episode 24. If you heard it here, a second. 24 apps. Uh, thanks again to James Murphy for joining us, our uh, podcast personality, uh, and he'll be back on soon. So. Uh, without anything else, I guess that's yeah. it. So, Bye, everybody. Hope Bye. Have you have a great Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day you're and listening. All the rest of your days until next episode. So 25 coming next week. Later days. <laughs>